Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're actually back with another, another episode of Who's in the House. Stick around. If you ever wondered what, you know, what happens when I push the button, that's, that's what happens when I push the button. It's easy. The music plays. <laughs> oh. It's, you know, yeah, that's, that, that was the concept is like, we need a button, like the easy button, mm-hmm. and they, they sell them. Uh, you know, online where you can record whatever you want in the that's button. That's cool. But uh, yeah, that's good. You already know that In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. But we wanted to get to know more about the the men and women who work on those systems, the trades people that, that keep our homes safe and comfortable. And that's why we're calling this series within the podcast, Who's in the House? Our guest today uh, is Dan Sorensen. Dan, welcome to the studio. Thank you. How are you doing? Really good. Good. Well, why don't we why don't we just start introduce yourself the way you would introduce, you know, if you had millions of people listening and you knew that, they would want to know who you are. They want to know who I am. Yeah. I'm Dan. So, I kind of my background, um I've been in the industry for heating and air conditioning for 25 years. Um I got into it because of a high school teacher. Really? Yeah, he got me uh he says, you know, what's your plans? I didn't have a plan and was getting married right out of high school. And so he sat me down and said, let's, let's get you a good job. Huh. And so he got me pointed in the right direction to college. And I ended up in college for heating and air conditioning. That's awesome. Where'd you grow up? I grew up right here in Pleasant Grove. Yeah. And on a small farm and it was, it was a good area. It's changed a little bit since Just uh, a bit. you were in high school, huh? <laughs> Just a bit. It used to be a lot of farm fields and now it's a lot of houses. Yeah, now nowadays it's hard to uh, actually everybody that wants a house in Pleasant Grove, they're just waiting for all those leftover orchards to to be sold off and developed. Not very and, many. No, there's not very many left. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so married, single, married, have uh, five kids. Five kids, nice. Yep. Uh, boys, girls, boys, one boy, four girls. How how old are they? They uh, they out they, of the house now? Well, or? I've got three out of the house or two out of the house and. Uh, I only got three out of the house. Okay. And then two still at home. And I've got one grandbaby and one on the way. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so so have you? do you live in Pleasant Grove now or have you moved out of Pleasant Grove? No, I moved out of Pleasant Grove. I currently live down by Fairview at a small town called Milburn and have a family farm again. Yeah. So it's fun. I enjoy it. So uh, how how big is your little family farm? We have 17 acres. Really? With a cabin. Uh-huh. That's we awesome. Live there. It's really nice. We Ricky gives me a really hard time that the cows are out because occasionally the cows are out. <laughs> <laughs> how? Uh, what do you What do you farm there? Uh, we've got some cows. We have some sheep. Mm-hmm. Just small. Just it's fun. Family hobby. Is it Is it just for your own uh, personal? Like that's your food storage, or do you actually slaughter and sell? No, right now it's just personal. Personal. Yeah. Uh, with sheep, do you do you shear the sheep and collect the wool? That's the intent. This is the first year we're going to try that. Okay. It was grandma's uh, deal um, to some extent. She lives with us as well, my uh-huh. mother-in-law. And uh, her dad was a, a sheep herder years ago, long story down in Tory. So this <laughs> this year I bought her some bummer lambs. So we're just, or this last year. And so we're just trying sheep and we don't really have a total game plan with them yet. <laughs> but that's, yeah, we'll probably share the two that we have and uh, as far as come spring and then just see where it goes from there. When you when you shear sheep, 
do you have to have a buyer of the wool or is that something you guys are going to like just kind of collect I, and you I have no idea at this point yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those things I probably shouldn't have got into without a plan, but we'll, we did. We'll have to do a follow-up episode and find <laughs> out how the how the sheepin's going. That's right. Uh, okay, so you you mentioned that um, you know, in high school uh, you didn't really have a plan and you had a teacher that uh, you know, kind of got you on that track. Let's let's back up a little bit before that, before you uh, spoke to that teacher. You didn't have a plan, but did you ever think about, hey, here's what I might want to do when I grow up? Did you ever have those kinds of thoughts? Well, I really enjoyed welding in high school. Okay. And so I was leaning more towards uh, farming, agricultural. I was in the FFA. I enjoyed- I was too. I en- really? I was. was. Cool. I grew up in Georgia and- uh, you know, I was, I was in the FFA and well, back then it was the future farmers of America. I guess nowadays it's like future for agriculture or something. I haven't, I haven't heard. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but, uh, yeah, I was in the FFA. That was, that was a lot of fun. We did uh cow breed identification. I sure. competed in some of the little competitions. Did you compete? Yeah, I did. Uh, the agricultural side of it with the meat t- judging, um, livestock judging. And then, uh, I also did the agricultural test for the welding and the mechanics and stuff like that. Interestingly enough that when I think back coming up, that was my first introduction to the trades. Cause I, I got my start as an electrician. Uh, and I remember in high school, uh, Mr. Bridges was his name. Sure. And, um, th- I remember this false, I mean, they had a wall framed up in the, in the ag room and, uh, you know, they had boxes and things and we learned about hooking up outlets and making the loop and stripping and like, you know, twisting it so that it pulled it in on itself. But was your ag room similar where you got to do a lot of different things or did you did you pick welding because that was a, a class in and of itself? Uh, that was in a, a class of itself. My teacher was Mr. Evans. I got to give him credit because he did get me in this trade. But as far as they did have test questions, we learned about electrical and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my my more focus was he had a class on welding, and I loved it. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, not that I had a lot of projects to build, but I did a lot of livestock panels sure. that we welded up just that he, he let us high school students weld up. That's awesome. <laughs> but I did enjoy it a lot. I was leaning towards those uh, careers, something with my hands. I always got the impression in FFA when we would go and do those projects that Mr. Bridges was like, well, I got all this free labor. I got some projects that need to get done. <laughs> we did some pretty cool projects. They, the couple of the guys in the shop did uh, horse trailers where they built one for him. I mean, it was cool. We did some fun projects. How convenient. <laughs> He's like, hmm, I could use a horse trailer. I got an idea for a project. <laughs> Submit it to the school board. That's right. That's right. Just that's let's... awesome. Yeah, it was way fun. So is that the the teacher that got you into the trades? Or was was t- talk to me a little bit more. So you thought you were going to be a welder. Um, how do you go from welding to, have you always been in HVAC? Is that the trade you chose to make a career out of? No. Well, as far as Long story. That's a, <laughs> Hey, we got a podcast. No time restrictions so here. So as far as my long story, my dad was killed when I was 14 in an auto accident. Mm. And so I didn't, uh, I was I was leaning towards following him. He was a chemist with a uh, uh, gold mine. He, they call it a fire assayer uh-huh. where they evaluate the shipment of gold and how much is gold's in the shipment. So I was leaning towards that, but I did not like chemistry in high school. Gotcha. <laughs> and so I, I didn't go that route. But um, when I was 
uh, my senior year, Mr. Evans was talking to me and he says, what's your plan? And I really didn't have a plan. I was thinking of going up to Utah state. They have a great, amazing, uh, agriculture program for mechanics. So I was leaning towards that. And he says, okay, you're getting married at the end of high school. And I says, yeah, that's my plan. That's the only plan I had. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as, um, he, uh, sat me down and said, okay, there's, there's a college in one of my former students had done it or his former student had done it, uh, gone into a heating and air conditioning with big demand, lots of hours, um, very decent pay stuff that way. So he says, you really ought to consider it. I said, I did, okay, I'm open to it. How do I do it? And so he got me kind of down that path of how to do heating and air conditioning, um, which is a great trade. It's amazing. I had two of my nephews do it. Sure. So I've enjoyed it. I've introduced them to it. I uh, love the trade. Uh, we deal with everything, plumbing, electrical, um, gas, furnaces, air conditioners. So I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, so you were, sorry, I, you were, you were saying that it was going to be a long story, like that it, it meandered from the welding to getting into the trade, but sure. like at what point in high school did, uh, Mr. Evans, you say, uh-huh. at what point did he say like, Hey, HVAC is probably a better route than welding or was it that he was just saying here's another option and you liked it better probably here's another option you, you may want to consider um i needed income fairly quickly after getting married and he kind of sat down and gave a budget with me and stuff and so he said well um here's another option to get you in and out of school quick with an entry-level position uh i got an associate's degree in a year and so it was, it was pretty cool uh, to come out of school there's other routes of doing that. I've learned later that, you know, you can have companies help you get your college education if you want to go down that path or in-house training for say. But um, it was kind of an option he presented to me and said, hey, look, you can get in and out of college fast and be working while being married mm. that I hadn't considered. Sure. So was when I think of welding nowadays, I mean, welding's a demand job. Like there's, you know, it's a, it's a good job for people that want to get into the trades that like that sure. was welding not as high of a demand or the pay wasn't as good as HVAC. No, it, it's probably still about the equal okay. as far as demand and pay scale. Um, I still do a fair amount of welding, even though, I mean, we weld refrigerant lines, we braze. So it's still in that same scenario. So, sorry, what I mean is like back then when you were in high school, like mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like if, if your teacher sat you down and was like, hey, uh, you know, what's your plan? Here's here's a faster way. Was it just faster to get HVAC certified or I'm just I, I guess I'm trying to understand I why go from welding to yeah. HVAC. And I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. But as far as the um, just a different avenue that, that he presented. That's cool. And I like it. I like it a lot. I demand. I don't know what this i didn't go research a lot of the structure for the you know the welding side but i'm sure it's a big demand sure you're doing a lot of construction you're doing stuff like that whereas um heating air conditioning is a really big demand as well Mm -hmm. very uh uh market economy proof sure i would say everybody's got a furnace Mm -hmm. everybody wants an ac and i won't give mine away either (laughs) (laughs) it's true once you have it like man and it's hard to it's hard to lend that air conditioner that's attached to the house. Yeah, Grandma never had one, but I'll tell you what, I don't I won't give mine away. I'm when I moved into my uh, first house that we bought, it had a swamp cooler because it was the house was built in like 
thirties. Sure. And so it had a swamp cooler in the front room. And so <laughs> front room wasn't where we slept. Right. And so you'd turn the swamp cooler on and then you'd set up a series of, uh, of box fans to try and, you know, uh, encourage the air to move to where you were to get it comfortable. And I think that first summer we decided we were going to add an air conditioner cause it had a forced air furnace. So we sure. just added an air conditioner onto it, but absolutely. Um, okay. So out of, you say you went to your college. Where'd you go to college? I went to uh, UTI down in Arizona. Okay. Um, so Arizona. So did you go out of state for college? Cause you said you grew up in Utah on a family. Farm. I did. Uh huh. Okay. So this was out of state college experience for you. Yeah. Well, that was a wide opening waking experience. <laughs> <laughs> Moving out first time, you know, stuff like that. So that was, it was interesting. Uh, were you nervous to leave home? Oh yeah. 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 So was this something that your parents encouraged you to do? Like, Hey, this is, this will be good for you. Or like what prompted that if you didn't want to uh, well, and that was okay. It was it was a good life changing experience, um, but I wasn't. I was open to it, and the time frame to get in, get done, get quick, get out. Gotcha. Worked out really, really well. So when you went to college, did they offer a technical degree in HVAC, or were you? Did you think to yourself, "Oh, I I need a college degree of some kind," and you did college and HVAC? Like, talk me through that. So they offered a associate's degree in in um, uh, the class of study. So as far as uh, incense, yes, I went and studied HVAC, and gotcha. so they give you an associate's degree in that, which opened a lot of doors for me at that time. Um, I had probably twenty different career fields that that I could pursue um, through that, but I chose to move back home. Um, uh, like I said, Arizona's got a lot of heat. <laughs> I could have stayed, could have stayed there real easy, but I chose to come back home and, and bulk of my career, I've chose to do residential. Uh, I've done a little bit of commercial industrial stuff like that, but I've, I've really enjoyed residential. Okay. So you get back home. Um, talk to me about what, um, like, did you have a job lined up when you got home? Were you married at this time? Like, out of high school, got married, and y'all both went to college? Got married. We went. Uh, long story. I got I got divorced while I was there. Okay. Um, or separated and then moved back. And that's part of moving back was sure. to, to get that all squared back away. Um, moved back. And uh, I had a, a couple of job interviews before the college was really good to get us job positions. Uh, when I moved back and uh, got a job lined up before I got back and moved back home, started right in the field as an entry-level technician um, with one-year experience, for say, but a lot of book knowledge, but not a lot of hands-on yet. And so I went through, at that point, I continued my education uh, and went for the journeyman's degree mm -hmm. in HVAC and just started with the local company, had a... An, apprenticeship program they set it up where i was still going to school and still learning in the field that's where i got the hands-on it was really good so was it a, a a technical school at that point that that had that or was it another one of those the college was offering a a you know a more advanced degree in hvac studies so that one i went through you 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 of you okay and they did a branch program with the apprenticeship program hvac only so i still study in hvac and uh which is heating air conditioning ventilation sure uh but anyway the uh 
um, as I did that, I just was able to continue on and get a four-year college degree at that time. They've reduced it down into two years now. But I did that. But that's through a different program, not through sure. the college anymore. Were you uh, were you working at day, going to school at night? Yes. So I was going to school three days a week okay. and, going, and working full-time. So this first job that you had, uh, what was it? Was it new construction? Were they a service company? Uh, tell me. They were a service company here local. They did new construction and residential service. What year was this? Are we talking? Oh, boy. Uh, that was 20... 22 years ago. 22, 22 years, so years ago. 98, 99, 90, 96, 97, 96, 95, 95 when I started for them. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was time uh, a while ago. That's that's 26 years. <laughs> right? It's, it's been a while ago. It's good. Time's flying, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 26 this year. Okay. So they, they did service and new construction. So as a, a, a new guy getting into the trade, what you said, you mentioned you're like, I had a lot of book knowledge, not a lot of hands-on technical knowledge. Uh, what was, what was the difference? And tell me about that, that experience when you first got in and then started like having to apply the stuff that you knew. They had a great program. They had equipment. We troubleshooted stuff like that, but it, it wasn't, I mean, it was all set up. So it was still just troubleshooting it at their shop, stuff like that. And you learned a lot of the book information, excuse me. They had, um, they had a great program and as we went through there then we came out and you went and saw how it all goes in so i did a lot of installing for a year of how the equipment gets installed how you uh, add on an air conditioning how they run line sets in people's homes and set it up if you don't have any i did a lot of tune-ups but a lot of new construction so they'd go in i i more helped change out equipment on existing equipment that wears out and stuff that way for the first year and then after that, I was uh, tune-up service, stuff that way. So how did, how was it when you went and ran your first service call by yourself? Were you nervous? Oh, boy, I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a tune-up that you were going. I can still remember this 26 years ago. <laughs> tell, tell us about it. That sounds, that's fun. Oh, sounds fun. It was a no-heat call. It was in December. I don't remember the customer's house. I just sure. remember being a little bit nervous, a little bit scared. But I'd had a lot of experience. I had a lot of knowledge. It was just a matter of, okay, what am I going to run into? Not for say that I haven't seen a lot of equipment. It was just, okay, what am I up against? But I was quite nervous. But I was, you know, you, you push through the fear and you go do it. So nothing popped up and, and had you there for a really long time. Uh, I call that the school of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, um, like I said, I don't remember what I ran into that very first call. But I remember being really nervous, but I'm going, okay, I'm going to go do it anyway. So at what point did the did the nerves go away? Like, did you start to feel more comfortable? Oh, I would say to the point that I felt comfortable seeing anything or servicing anything or being able to, to really figure stuff out was about four years. Mm. For me, it took, it took a while. Part of that is you've got every six months you're, learn, you're working on air conditioners and then you're working on furnaces. Makes sense. So six months, you forget what you did the last six months, <laughs> at least my short-term memory of the time frame it was hard to bring that around and be able to, oh yeah, I remember what I did, you know, and we still get the old age cobwebs, but it knocked those out again and oh yeah, I'm good. So it's getting easier, but it was four years for me to where I could be, but I was thrown at a lot of different stuff between that time frame. Um, so as far as uh, just jumping around a little bit, company wise, the company got bought out by a really big national company 
and I like to stay small. So I went to another company and just continued working, got my degree. But uh, for them, I just put installed air conditioners and ran service for the second company. For the second company, uh huh. So, <coughs> excuse me. When so when that when your first service company was was bought, uh, did you leave immediately or did you wait to see if it was gonna like? be a different feel i gave them a shot but i didn't give them a probably a, a fair enough shot i i left pretty early um and uh they're they're uh, their philosophy to me was was way different than what we were doing and so i left with a and went with a smaller company we were still they weren't doing any new construction or anything that way and i liked that aspect so i went and stayed new construction and so I was installing air conditioners, and then I was their only service guy. So I was really stuck. I didn't have anybody to ask. And so I I had to call a lot of factory guys, get a lot of extra help. But it was great for me because that's the way I learned. Sure. And uh, so I learned a lot of just figure it out. So what does that, uh, that continued education look like? I mean, is most of your education just come on the job and asking guys that are more experienced or uh is that was there a set uh way to improve your skills well and the the merry christmas answer to that (laughs) is you're not done uh the more you learn the more you need to learn and 25 26 years of doing this i still run into stuff that i learn every day Mm. Uh, it's, it's I call it the continuing education for a lifetime. There you go. Because you get new products that come out, just like new cars, new vehicles. You you got to learn the new stuff as well as trying to work on grandma's old air conditioner or furnace that's, you know, 40, 50 years old still and stuff that way. So it's it's a matter of you learn the old stuff and you get integrated to the new stuff because technology is always changing. So we're just continuing learning. How <coughs> How have you seen the industry, the technology of the equipment. How have you seen that change from when, you know, you got into the game 26 years ago? Cause when you got into it 26 years ago, you were working on systems that were, you know, 30 years old. And so like, talk to me about how you've seen it change. Well, it has changed exponentially as far as across the board. Uh, when I first got in, we were still playing with standing pile life furnaces. Um, the new stuff was automatic ignition but just the efficiency level going from the old system to the new system is like trying to, you know, you're, you're driving grandpa's old truck to now you're driving a, you know, a fully fuel injected vehicle. I mean, it's just in the same comparison. It's just night and day different. Um, and the problems that we run into a lot for service calls are just, you're almost hooking to a computer to the new furnace to say, okay, what is wrong with you? Mm. Cause there's so many controls and stuff that way that, I laugh years ago when I went, first went to college, I didn't necessarily want a computer degree. I sure have one now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, furnaces and air conditioners gotten to the point where they actually have, like on cars where they have like a port you can like plug something in and it like runs a diagnostic? Give, it's almost like, oh, check the, the, there's a check engine light. What, is, what does that mean? What does this code mean? Is it to that point yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of them have self-diagnosis or... Uh, troubleshooting air cold lights, stuff like that. But what what is causing it to lock out? It, they've got self diagnosis lights, which is way easier to work on than the ones that didn't. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming that uh, the systems are also like cars. Like you know, when you get into uh, a car repair on a car that's like 
got a lot of computer components in it, 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 it starts to get more expensive to work on those newer units than maybe the older units where, you know, I've got an old, you know, 1980s Jeep where I can essentially crawl inside with the engine and everything is just turning wrenches and, and things like that. But like with the newer ones, it's all computerized. So are they, um, are the parts and components, if it's more complicated, does that make the system more expensive to, to work on? For working and repairs, yes. Mm. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of computer controls. You're dealing with a lot of um, software designs, upgrades, stuff that way that, that it does tend to make those repairs a lot more expensive because they're a lot more efficient. And with the computer controls, we're, the efficiency's quite higher, a lot higher than the old older systems. But that also can throw some very unique breakdowns down the road as far as more complicated diagnosis or troubleshooting are i'm assuming with all those electronics and things that newer systems are uh more prone to damage from surges and things like that is it do is that correct yeah they're very susceptible to surges as far as the newer components so do those fancy systems do they come with some type of you know power cleaning system or do you just are you do you have to put a surge protector on each one like how how's that uh, i totally recommend putting a surge protector on every unit they're not they're not set up that way Mm -hmm. as far as the manufacturer doesn't sell their product with one on it it's an aftermarket product that we put on the unit just to help protect the surges Mm -hmm. from the electricals well um okay so you're you're in the industry you have been for a while you worked for a company it was sold you went to another company um and the second company that you went to, were you saying that they did a lot of new construction? So you were doing installs of air conditioners and you were the only service guy. Mm-hmm. So how does your career progress from there? So boy, long story too. <laughs> That's all right. We got <laughs> but, time. Uh, so I stayed with them for eight years. They were in the Valley. Um, they went through the hiccup of 2001. So we did the Y2K thing with them. And so I stayed there eight years. Um, they ended up, uh, going through a really bad economy because it was all new construction. They ended up going bankrupt. Mm. So, but I loved it. I stayed with them eight years. I, I loved the employer at the time. They taught me a lot. And so I built my service career there. Um, like I said, I, I ran into a lot of factory reps that helped give me the schooling and the hands-on. That's where I completed my journeyman's degree was with them. Um, and then I was pursuing other, other careers in the financial realm of stuff for a little while so you were thinking about getting out of the trades i was for a little bit um as far as just trying to make more money like everybody else chasing money but i got some good advice from them to to stick with it get my degree and stay with it they ended up going bankrupt um but they was a very very good good new construction company so at any point did you think to yourself okay these people that just told me stick with this there's good money. It's a good option. And then they go bankrupt. Did you ever think like, uh, is it really that good? Well, a little bit more of what caused them to go bankrupt and or just the economy was really bad at the mm-hmm. time. I'm not saying that was it because everybody's got a furnace. Every, you know, it was it was some of their limitations of of uh, marketing stuff that way. But it was a really hard economy. So I don't I don't judge them for any reason. They were great employers. Um yeah, no, I don't, I don't know that you necessarily like, I, I didn't mean that like you were judging them, sure. but like, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if, if you were, uh, if, if you were having doubts about the, 
you know, economic bulletproofness of this trade. It does have its ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, totally honest. We are seasonal with the heating and air conditioning. You've got the spike through the winter. You got the spike through the summer. Uh, in the shoulder seasons, we call it through spring and fall. Yeah, you're slow. Mm-hmm. Um, career-wise, I've been laid off multiple times through the spring, uh, through January, February, March. I love working for any hour. We haven't been slow. It's been amazing to see the uh, carrying the guys and just more steady work than the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You know, summer, <laughs> summer, winter. I never. You know, I always tell my wife, "See you later. I'll, I'll see you in the spring." <laughs> But yeah, it's got to make hay while the sun shines. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're with this company for eight years uh, and you were thinking about getting out of the trades, what, what happens next? Where did you go after that? So after that, I ended up with a really small company and I bounced around a little bit. Sure. So I've kind of got a good feel for the, the industry, but I went with a really small company and I stayed with him for another year and, uh, uh, great, great guy. He he chose to do something different, so he went driving truck. So he shut his company. He down. shut his company down. Okay. And then I ended up. Uh, he he was doing new construction or not new construction. He was just doing a lot of just uh, retrofits, mm-hmm. changing out existing equipment. But then I ended up with a smaller company, uh, not well about the same size company in the valley. I worked for them a little bit for probably five more years. And uh, they were a great company to work for, but they had the seasonal up and down. It was, you know, I was one of two service technicians at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was that company strictly service or were they also doing a mix of? Uh, they were pretty much ser- service. They weren't too much new construction. So it kind of got away from the new construction okay. up and down bubble. Um, stayed with and them. Went from the new construction up and down bubble to the seasonal up and down bubble of service. Right. And so I stayed with him on and off for about five years there um is that is that one of those where you were saying like you know they'd lay me off in the spring and bring me back when it got busy again? yeah so that was up and down there work got really slow through 2008 on that one mm. so i ended up uh trying to to i ended up at the state of utah for a while and worked for them in their facility maintenance programs that's where i learned my industrial stuff mm-hmm. uh, amazing to work for uh that was tough to the, you know, the pay structure was a little lower than where I was currently at. And uh, when he'd get busy, I'd, I'd work for him as well. So it was kind of on and off. But uh, so then they, they changed practices again. And so when that I was company, the company, when I was working for him, yes. Um, when I was working for the state of Utah, I was having a hard time. So I was having to work two jobs working there for them. Nothing mm-hmm. against the state of Utah. Sure. But I learned a lot of industrial stuff there. They've got some amazing people there. Um, and so I worked there for a while and then I worked back in full time for the other guy. They changed their philosophies and programs. And so I looked at other opportunities to, to leave. And so I ended when you say they changed their philosophy and programs, are, can you ex- explain what that means? Well, as far as not to, not to throw them under the bus by any means. Well, we haven't said anybody's but, name. <laughs> um, the, and, and we're not saying that we're not saying that that was necessarily a bad decision for them, but I'm just no. wondering what happened where you were like, okay, that that doesn't fit with who I am, and right. how do you change if you're running service? What does 
What did the philosophy look like from through your eyes? I know that you didn't have the behind the scenes of the ownership or whatever, but right. through your eyes, what was the philosophy before and what was the change of philosophy that like turned you off? Well, I, I felt like they were, they were trying to retire the owner mm-hmm. very, very quickly. And so our price went way sky high. Mm. He brought a partner in and uh, they did a lot of knee jerk in my opinion of, we're going to try this. We're going to try that kind of thing. Not that that was wrong. Sure. It was just they're like, whoa, wait, what are we doing? Um, at that point, I, I chose to do, chose to leave. How many um, technicians were at that company at the time? Probably about 25. And was everyone having the same kind of feeling or was this just something like you were the only one that no, was having an issue with it? A lot of the main guys that were there, they lost about eight of us mm-hmm. right out in within three months. Just because like uh, the price... So was it that the price jumped way up from where you were and you guys were like, you know, I, I don't agree with this? Well, we felt like we had, we needed to sell to every customer whether they needed it or not. And so mm. philosophy was, and that may not be what they were trying to portray to us, but that's the way I felt. That's what you picked up from. Yeah. And, okay. so, and so as far as, so we left, like I said, about eight of us left in three-month time frame. Okay. Um, that's where I ended up here. One you, of them. That's how you got here. Mm-hmm. Brady uh, introduced me here okay. as, a, as a referral. Um, okay, so let's 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 talk okay. about that journey sure. specifically. So, uh, when you were working at that other company, did you leave and then find here, or were you like, uh, I think I'm going to go, and you lined something up before you? Bounced? Oh no, I had three job offers before I came in and talked to Wyatt. Okay, so um, so he wasn't interviewing me; I was interviewing him. Sure. But well, that's always how it goes, right? <laughs> right. If, if you're doing it right. Um, <clears throat> everyone, you, you got to look at these as you're being interviewed. Oh yeah. Uh, there's, there's too much, op- too many options out there. But, but what I'm saying is uh, when you were at this uh, other company, um, well, it's this way now, but I'm wondering if it was this way before, were you constantly being approached by people like trying to, you know, get you to come and work for them? Oh Yeah. So yeah, our, our industry is dog eat dog. I mean, gotcha. as far as uh, even still, I've I've had other people, hey, come work for us, come work for us. Gotcha. So when you were at this other company and you were happy, people were coming at you, but you didn't have like a compelling reason to leave. Then things you were like, ah, okay, I see us going a different path. You know, I'm, I'm having some disagreements with the way that the company is being run. Now, all of a sudden, when people come to you, it's sounding more appealing or did you start reaching back out to those people that had reached out to you? Um, a little bit of both. I've run into them gas stations here and there, uh, as far as how you doing, you know, you, you talk mm-hmm. to them and I've always left that window open to the back side of it. As far as people help me along the way, uh, former technicians that I've worked with, uh, you, you run into trouble, you know, I've left that window open. Hey, if you run into a problem, call me and you know, I'll just, because tons of factory reps have helped me. Sure. I've always left that window open to help somebody else. And so I've had guys call me, Hey, uh, you know, I ran into this problem today. Can you help me out? And so I, I believe I've left that open. Not that there's a lot of offers that come that way through it, but, um, good help's hard to find. Sure. It and is. so, yeah, I've, I've had multiple offers to, you know, work here, work there. Industry wise. So, okay. So, you had three other job offers and mm-hmm. then uh, Brady like says, Hey, you should think about coming here or gives your name to us. And we reach out to you. How does, 
How does that work? Brady says, hey, I'm going here. Do you care if I turn your name in and, and have them call you? And I said, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm open to it. So what I ended up, Wyatt called me. We talked, sat down, interviewed. Wyatt's owner of owner, Any uh, Hour Services. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So I came in and wasn't wasn't opposed to it. Like I say, sorry to interrupt again. You're good. How long ago was this? Because how, how long have you? How long I've have been you been here for NER? five and a half years. Now. Five and a half years. So five mm-hmm. and a half years ago, why? Actually, I guess how long did before we go through that story? How long did it take from when uh, you know maybe Wyatt first reached out to you to when you came on board? How long was that process of you making that decision to come on? It was pretty short. Pretty short. Okay. Yeah, for me, for me, for sure, because I was. I, w- I already had uh, job offers, and they were wanting a decision pretty quick. Okay, perfect. So Wyatt reaches out to you. Talk to me about how that went. So we sat down, um, came in, uh, did a sh- kind of a shop tour. Okay. Um, sat down with him within the first hour or first half hour of sitting down with the owner. Uh, I was in trouble to some extent. Not that I was in trouble, but I says, Wyatt, I want to work here. I don't want to work anywhere else. Hmm. Why? I was so impressed with the honesty, the honesty, the integrity, and how he services his customers, uh, giving them the options and just saying, okay, you decide. It's your house, not I'm going to decide what I'm going to do or fix your equipment. I'm going to totally give you the option to decide. Okay. And uh, so I, you know, me interviewing him was totally the way it was. It wasn't necessarily him interviewing me. It was, okay, why do I want to work here? Because I had that, I already had the the family taken care of by the other job offers, but I'm like, okay, why do I want to work here? Mm -hmm. But I was very, very impressed within the first 30 minutes of sitting down with Wyatt and saying, okay, why do I want to work here? And thoroughly love it. I don't have any plans ever to go anywhere else. I'm going to finish my career here. So talk to me. uh, Let's say that someone is either working at some other company right now, or they are looking to get into the trades. You have, you know, 26 years of experience in the trades and you've worked at several different companies. And you said, when you came in here, it was me interviewing any hour. So talk like, like if, if you're talking to somebody getting into the trade, help them, like what types of things do they need to ask? Like what kind, what is that interview of, I want to work for you? You know, what should they be looking for in a company? Well, the, the, the back end side that we were talking about as far as the education side of it, we do an amazing amount of technical training. Okay. Not that we can give you everything you're going to need to know. Mm-hmm. And we still give the opportunity if they want to go to college and finish through the programs, we'll will help them out. Mm-hmm. But as far as, so your education side of it, it'll get taken care of one way or another. The, what I really enjoy with my career and my, my career over 26 years so far is working with my hands, but also helping customers. You know, we, we talk about oftentimes <laughs> you're, we're going into a scenario where it's not the most pleasant day for the homeowner. You know, they've got a broken system, whatever. And so I always look at it we go in to make a friend and help them through a really hard time. Something's broke. Something's not working and try to fix the customer and the piece of equipment as well. Okay. So someone is like interviewing a company. Okay. So they'll get the education part figured out. Are there some specific questions they can ask to try and dig into um, whether that company is going to be a good place to, to work? Like you said, I, I liked the philosophy that Wyatt laid out as far as like, you know, how they take care of the customers. So 
was there a question that you asked that pulled that out or was Wyatt just like doing like he normally does and just doing a good job of laying out the vision and how we operate and things here? I think I was more looking at the vision side of it, but okay. also, okay, how do you how do you handle warranties? How do you handle customers? But as far as my experience with the, the industry, I wanted to know what their philosophy behind, um, you know, taking care of the customer, I guess, was the most important thing for me. Coming in from outside, seeing other companies, seeing how they operate, I wanted to know how does the customer get taken care of. Okay. And what were you looking for? Like what, when you said, hey, when you're trying to figure out how do you handle warranties, how do you take care of customers, what what did you like that was different here that might not have existed at the other places? Like what did you hear that like was a light bulb moment that was like, okay, that makes sense. I, I want to be a part of that. As far as the uh, customer here gets taken care of first. Uh, as far as if they have a warranty, if they have a complaint, if they have a, an issue, we take care of it first. A lot of companies don't do that. What they, do they do instead? Because maybe it's because I've been doing this with any hour for as long as I have, but like, it doesn't make sense to me that there's a different way. <laughs> there, there is a, there's a lot of different okay, ways. So tell me some of those, how does that contrast? Like, what does that even look like to have somebody that you helped, they call up with a warranty issue and you're like, eh, maybe later. Well, and that's what happens is the most companies are chasing the dollar. Mm -hmm. And so as far as the peak seasons of summer and winter, they are as busy as they can handle. Most companies are trying to get as much money, if not more money than they can handle. The reason I say that is I was running nine service calls a day. Wow. And being only two technicians, I was on call every other week. Mm -hmm. So I was already burnt out plus overload of you didn't go home until the calls were done. So I was dropping in every 15 minutes to a customer, diagnose it in 15 minutes, tell them the repair and hit the road. And I wasn't going thoroughly through their equipment, uh, which happened on a regular basis. So when Wyatt said, no, you'll probably run about two to three calls a day. I says, what am I going to do for those eight hours? <laughs> but I didn't understand their philosophy either. They're very thorough through the equipment, but also to avoid breakdowns future breakdowns for the customer as well as if they you do have a breakdown we are going to you first everybody else goes to you last if they can get to you nine calls a day on demand calls meaning your system's broken down they're going to your warranty they're going to put you off and may and may or not get to you trying to capture the the almighty dollar that makes sense and you know in their defense you know because sure. we <clears throat> nothing against them. Correct. Nothing against them. But like when you are a, when you are a small company, um, which it sounds like a lot of the companies that you worked with, sure. you know, they were a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the extra manpower or the infrastructure really even to put those customers that you've serviced first, because if you do, you are taking revenue off the table that you would have been getting that's going to float you through that slow time absolutely and so like i totally get that and <clears throat> you know they they say i hear people say like oh i want that small company feel like a customer be like oh i, I want to go with the small company and yeah. you don't always think about okay well what does the back end of servicing that equipment look like uh you know you might get uh something today but 
I actually had a similar experience before we started, you know, running plumbing before we before mm-hmm. we brought on plumbers and started, uh, you know, doing plumbing. I had a situation where I needed to um, put a, a pump in my basement like I had to, I, the sewer line was up higher. And so I had to do that. And I went with a smaller company. Uh, if, if I'm being transparent, because the price was better, you know, right, I was right. like, oh, I can save some money going with this other company. Sure. And no joke, a month into like using them, the pump was undersized. It wasn't working properly. And I call them up and I'm like, hey, I'm having issues with this. They were on to the next job. And like they were like, well, we can get to you this far down. And I'm like, I can't use my bathroom sewage is coming up in the shower like you installed this a month ago like what you know what's up and i ended up having to call somebody else so like i paid for the job twice essentially just to get it done right and it was it was a nightmare but i have empathy for for those guys that like i'm sure that they wanted to like come and help me they just didn't have the manpower or the infrastructure to do that and so sure i like that about any hour you know, that we put those customers first and we're able to do that. And by doing that, I, I don't know, like it just, when you say there's a different philosophy, it just doesn't make well, a and, lot of sense. Well, and a lot of hands make light work. Yes. And and being only at the time, two technicians on call every other week, I was, I was on the on call rotation, meaning I would sit at home and wait for phone calls and had to be near a phone. I hadn't since no life every other week. Yeah. Because I was waiting to, to kind of like the tow truck driver going out if there's a broken car on the side of the road, uh, incensed two, three in the morning, get a phone call and had to go, which was my philosophy of service. I didn't mind it, but sure. it, it did, does wear on you. Of course. Every other week you get extremely burnt out and and stuff that way. Whereas, you know, with, with any hour structure on call rotations, way less. So that I would say that that's something to to. Th- to ask about as well as, you know, what do the hours look like? What does the on-call schedule look like when, you know, when you're doing those types of things? Because when you hire on, you you want a job and they're going to paint the best picture possible. You got to identify what some of those like pain points are and ask about what they are so you can at least go in, you know, with open eyes Absolutely. about what's going to happen there. Sure. Um, as far as you know, we, we know that there's a shortage of, you know, young people wanting to, to get into the trades. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I, uh, I've been looking at it as far as the, um, a lot of them, when you and I started in the industries, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the philosophy I think was behind, you know, doctors, lawyers, stuff like that, trying to chase the dollar mm-hmm. amount. And there, there was a shortage going into the industry. Like I say, I would, didn't even know about it until my high school teacher brought it to my attention. But as far as there's not a lot of uh, direction for high school kids to get into the industries or hands-on or stuff. So the way I, I see it, it's just going to get more and more expensive. We're going to end up being, at least in my opinion, more in the doctor. You're going to specialize or... You're going to be in the doctor category of your field because of the lack of um, young kids getting into our industry or mm. the know-how of how do I work on this totally sophisticated unit without going to specialized training 
and I see that coming down the road, just like cars. You sure. Know? You can't take it to the local mechanic anymore. He doesn't have the computer or the technology to work on it. You mm -hmm. got to, it's going to get that bad in the future. Mm. Big demand. Sure. And so if, if someone was, uh, you know, if a young person in high school, so we, we're, we're big with the teenage crowd. This podcast That's right. is That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the young guys. Yeah. Right. Um, well, maybe, maybe someone's listening and they have like a, a teenager and I actually, you know, looking at my, looking at my boys, like one of them, um, totally lean academically, he makes it look so easy. Like sure. I look at like the grades that he gets and how he does stuff. And I'm just like, it was not that easy for me. <laughs> School is not my jam, but I've got another son that, um, He's totally capable, but he's a little bit more like me where he's like easily distracted. And so homework gets, you know, neglected and you'd rather be doing these other things. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually tell my boys like, Hey, look, I am trying to push them into the trades, whether they make a career out of it or not, you know, sure. is up to them, but I want them to like get in early so that they can at least have a skill um, if, if nothing else, if they decide to go a different route and go to college and do something else, how much money are they going to save being able to like work on stuff at their own house? You Absolutely. Know? And I've saved a fortune. You know, how much just, money am I going to save? They can come and fix my stuff. <laughs> like right. my dad doesn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> that's right. And I've done, and I've looked at that. I've been able to, with the exposure of everything, mm -hmm. even just HVAC, I've learned a ton about electrical, a ton about plumbing. And not that it's always been done right, but I, I've saved myself a lot of money over the years. Right. So, um, okay. So someone thinking about getting in, what would you say to a young person that is considering it or is in a situation, uh, you know, like you were in, in high school where they don't necessarily have a plan. Maybe they just know like, ah, I need to go make some money and I need a good job. Like what, what would your recommendation to them be? Well, I'll tell the parents, get your college kids or your your high school graduates off your couch, push mm -hmm. them into the trades. <laughs> but as far as uh, there is so many career opportunities in our trades that, like I say, when I got right out of college, I had 20 different career opportunities with heating and air conditioning alone. I'll give you some examples of those. Um, when I was in college, I learned how to work on semi-trailers that run refrigerated produce or hmm. uh, store-bought materials that have to stay temperature controlled, uh, how to work on refrigeration units for the reefer trailers, they call them, or refrigerated trailers to bring produce back and forth. I learned how to work on those. Brief, you know, brief introduction to those. Uh, could have been a career. I could have worked on uh, Disney on ice, ice skating rinks, for instance, and traveled if travel I would have loved them. to travel. <laughs> yeah. They have refrigerated package units if you love to travel on um, – uh, cargo ships that you have to maintain stuff like that. But the cool part about our, being in our industry, we have so many different options as far as fields. You can almost do whatever you want related to heating and air conditioning. If you want, hmm. I just chose to do residential and, and service work. How does someone like, let's say that they do, let's say a parent is listening and, and they want to like get their kid off the couch and push them into the industry. How does someone that's young break into this? Like how young can you start this trade? So as far as 18 okay. is our, I believe our bottom end of the, they they have to be 18 years old legally to come work for us. I, I guess it's legally, but as far as <laughs> it's legal at 18 for right? you to work. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they have to be 18 to work for us. 
but as far as they can enter with no experience, no, you know, as far as formal training, uh, we, we put them with a experienced technician so that we, they, they're safe. Everything's fine. Uh, and then just educate them from the beginning. If they want to pursue a different Avenue after they first get their structure, you know, if they do electrical, they do heating, they can move to plumbing, just whatever their interests are. I would just get them going. I mean, I, I didn't have any tools when I started and I got a lot of tools now. So do, does a parent or a kid, like, do they call different, um, construction or, or plumbing and HVAC and electrical companies and, and ask like, Hey, are you, I've got a teenager that wants to get into the trade. Are you like hiring apprentices? Like what, how do they go about actually finding that? What were the questions they need to ask when they're calling these companies? Call us, call us. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're glad to take them. Uh, as far as, uh, yeah, call and ask if they're hiring, what they're looking at for apprenticeship, what they need, get them in for an interview. That's sure. the biggest thing. And I'm sure anyone that's listening in Utah, of course they would call any hour, Absolutely. but like we're a national worldwide podcast. Okay. I, th- I think we're ranked number 65 in Uruguay. Is that what it was? Ship it to ship them to us. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, okay. So that's, that's really cool. So we'll, we'll get to wrapping this thing up real quick, but no problem. what's your, what's your favorite thing about the industry itself being in the HVAC industry favorite thing like what where do you get the most job satisfaction out of I actually get the most job satisfaction is helping customers mm-hmm. uh, going into an like I say an, an environment that they're not experienced with or capable of fixing not saying they can't but being able to just help them uh, I love customer service and so part of my role here even though it's not you know, I'm still in the field half the time is helping other technicians do technical support. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys will call me and say, okay, I've got this, this problem. I've either seen it, touched it, felt it, whatever. And so I usually able to help them out over the phone. So that's what I enjoy the most now is just helping other technicians get to my level of experience. Mm. What's your, um, what do you enjoy most about being here at any hour? I love the culture. I, I love the, background and the support that's offered to the technician um, as far as management office staff just it's so much easier to work here than other companies as far as um, they stock your trucks at night you know the the run around headaches that you have in you know we're showing up with a fully stocked truck you know after running the supply houses you're not having to a lot of the back ends taken care of real easy so it makes your job easier to be able to focus on the part that you like, which is helping customers. You know, they, they do a lot of support on the back end to help you be able to just stay in front of people. Oh yeah. Way better. Way better. Well, um, thanks Dan for being You're on welcome. the show. It's been a good, great conversation. Uh, any, anything you want to like say to wrap things up before like all the people listening, you want to give them a shout out. You want to say hi to anybody. Cause you know, your family's going to, you know, going to listen to, actually, I don't know if they will. Well, yeah, that's all good. <laughs> I, I love my wife, Diane and, uh, the five kids I have, Courtney, Curtis, Erica, Chantel, and Autumn. That's what it's about, right? You gotta, gotta take Absolutely. care of that family. Yep. Okay. So before we go, we have a segment on the show that I like to do with the technicians. It's called don't judge me. 
Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions. It's actually going to be an either or. Okay. Don't overthink it. We don't have to have a conversation about it, but I'm going to go through these things fast. I'll say this or that, and you'll say whichever one you choose, and that's kind of how we'll uh, wrap the show. Okay. Okay. It's just a just a fun little, you know, sure. get to know Dan. Okay. Do you have a nickname? Um, no. Because I was, I was, as I was coming in this morning, I was like, it'd be fun to like get people's nicknames so that when I introduce them on the show, I could do it a little bit more like, uh, you know, WWF style, like Dan, the man soars like Dan, the, you know, whatever, like, so Dan, the man like that, you know, man rhymes with Dan, but I didn't know if like Dan, the hammer, you know, Sorensen. No, I think Richard no calls nicknames. me the repair man. <laughs> Dan, the repair man. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to start asking people like Mike just wants to know if you have a nickname and then we surprise them with a, oh, you know, this they big... actually call me the wizard. Well, that's a nickname. Sure. So, so you please got, welcome my Dan the Wizard Sorensen. There you go. What's up, Wizard? How are you? See, that would have been a, a cool intro, right? Mm, sure. That's my fault for not having this conversation before. That's okay. And having this at the end. Anyway, sorry, everyone that's listening. You missed out. But if you made it this far, <laughs> you just got a treat. There you go. All right, Wizard. Here we go. Here is the don't judge me questions. Okay. okay. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Water or soda? Soda. Country or pop? Oh, country. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Uh, dogs. Uh, summer or winter? Uh, summer. Football or basketball? Neither. <laughs> Football. Okay. Well, no. Well, no. Hey, that's the second <laughs> time in a row we've had, like, I don't like your choices. Do you have a sport that, are you just, you don't no. care about sports or is there a different sport? I'm not sport? much of a sports guy, more okay. of an outdoors guy. Okay. I like to hunt. Well, that was the next question. Indoor okay. or outdoors? Outdoor. Okay. TV or movies? Um, TV. Okay. <laughs> this will be a fun one. Uh, Jim and Pam or Dwight and Angela. Uh, no, you know no. <laughs> I sure. saw that coming. Uh, okay. Then, um, may, okay. This is my follow up to that. That's a little bit older. I, I, I think we might still, okay. Ross and Rachel or Chandler and Monica. Nope. Okay. On, <laughs> on we go. Uh, bachelor or bachelorette. Uh, that's a TV show by the way. Yeah. Okay, bachelor? So, bachelor. Okay. Uh, bath or shower? Shower. Uh, pedicure or manicure? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, flowers or chocolate? Flowers. Um, pizza or burgers? Burgers. Does pineapple have any business being on pizza? Absolutely. It does. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I personally do as well. That's it, man. Okay. Thanks for being here. Uh, again, it was a great conversation. That's the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya.